Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leader's podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program where I know I'm never going to be as great as Alex Trebek, but I'm not going to stop trying. Today on the program, my guest is Tracy Goodwin. She's a voice coach, and she's going to teach us all about having more impact and influence using the power of our voices. And I'm going to have a leadership and business lesson coming up for you later on. It's uh, annual planning season with all my clients, and today I'm going to talk about how important talent and leadership and culture is for your planning session and that's all coming up today on better than before brought to you by university subaru from here been here always will be here university subaru homegrown and proud of it the three-row subaru ascent room for up to eight passengers standard eyesight driver assist technology Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 27 miles per gallon. Coming from Kelly Blue Book's most trusted and best overall brand for 2020. The three-row Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. University Subaru. Homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant, it doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control, but that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm your host, Tony Richards, and today my special guest is Tracy Goodwin. Now, over the last 30 years, she's had the honor of transforming the lives of hundreds of seven-figure entrepreneurs, executives, business professionals, and celebrities simply by shifting sounds that are sending the wrong message out of their voice. Tracy's interest in how voices are subconsciously perceived and the effect that that can have on a person's life and success started when she was just a child. She was raised in a family where children were to be seen and not heard. She wasn't really allowed to speak but 
in spite of all that, she started winning speaking awards when she was just 12 years old. It was the one platform to use her voice, and she thrived in that space. She went on to be an award-winning actor and director. In her freshman year of college, she was studying acting, and she had a horrific event happen on stage. And in an instant, her voice changed. It was that moment that set the real stage for the work she does today, Psychology of the Voice. The Psychology of the Voice transforms her clients voices and lives because she goes after the drivers that are in their mind and the stories that they are telling. It's those drivers that put those bad voice habits into place. We have to eradicate both to have true transformation and results that stick. I'm so excited. We've never had anybody on the show to talk about this particular topic. Tracy Goodwin, welcome to Better Than Before. Thank you, Tony. I'm so glad to be here with you today. You bet. How's everything in Austin? It's good. Everything's looking good right now. How about with you? <laughs> well, fine. It's it's going fine. I'm so excited to have you here um, because I don't know that executives and business people really understand sometimes what their presence conveys to people and especially how they communicate with their voice. And I want to hear, of course, you're the expert, and I want to hear more about that. But I want to ask you about this incident you had uh, in your freshman year in college. What happened there? So I was in a play, and, you know, I was so excited about this because as a freshman in college to get a main stage show, that was a big deal. And it was a play that I had been in before, and it had a, it had a, slap scene in the play. The, the play was called The Runner Stumbles and there was a slap scene in the play. Well, I knew that I'd been in the show, but when we started rehearsing that, the young man playing opposite of me actually started really hitting me and hitting me more and mm. hitting me more. And because of my history, because I had been raised in this family where you don't say anything, don't use your voice, don't say no, don't raise a fuss. I didn't say anything to the director. Hmm. And one thing led to another and it got worse and worse and worse and really bad, got my nose broken. And my friend said, you're gonna have to say something. And so I went and I said to the director, I said, listen, is there any way you can get him to stop hitting me and we could do a stage slap? This person just beating you up on stage? Yes. Oh, my Lord. Yes. Yes. And everybody's on stage with me freaking out. And the director's thinking, wow, this is great. So it was three nights before we opened when I got my nose broken. And this is, of course, when my friend said, you've got to say something. I went and I said, you know, very timidly, I was terrified to say, could you please get this person to stop hitting me. And she looked at me and she said, you have chosen a profession in which you must suffer for your art. And if you can't, I'll replace you. And in that instant with those words, I started talking like this and oh. I didn't even realize it, but my sound got locked up in this. I'm nice voice. Oh my. Yeah. Huge. Gee, even Christmas. I know, but that, but, but the best part is that was the beginning. Well, you know, really the beginning was when probably being raised in the family I was raised in, but that was the beginning of this powerful discovery that I made 
about the power of our voice and how our voice affects other people in the way that we use it. So after this incident happened in this play where you were getting accosted um, and the director thought, this is really good, realistic acting. And you're sitting there thinking, it is real. I'm getting beat to shreds here. Um, what, what happened after that? I mean, what was the next major thing that happened that caused you to? Well, I left that university. Yeah, I guess. And that was the first thing I did. And then I went to a new university and I, the head of the acting department, she said, wow, you're really talented, but we've got to fix that voice of yours. It's awful. And I'm thinking, what do you mean? My voice is awful. I'm an award-winning speaker. Still had no idea what had happened in that split second. So I had the opportunity to start working with some of the greatest voice masters of our time and mm. literally got my voice back. And, and that would be the foundation of the work that I, that I do today. I got my degree in acting. I became an actor. I directed plays all over the world. I got a master's degree. And all this time, people are finding me to coach their voices. And I'm thinking, this is funny. Mm. This is funny. I was raised in a family where I, you know, I couldn't say anything. I had this event. How in the world do people want me to coach their voices? I didn't get, I didn't get it yet mm. that that was, that that was the purpose for Tracy. And so I coached him and transformation happened and I'm still directing plays and all of that. But little by little, you know, the, the people that I worked with and the things that I saw I, I became fully committed to this voice work very early on in my 20s because I was fascinated with it. And I knew there was something more. And, you know, it was actually a, a Fortune 500 group that brought me in to reduce their dialects that really put me into working with business people so much because they, the, they brought me in to work with the C-suite. They had Southern accents. And there was a perception that those Southern accents were not really revealing their brightness. Mm -hmm. Well, I took that and ran with it. And before you knew it, psychology of the voice was born because there's no way I'm thinking to myself, there's no way you're being perceived as not intelligent. You're, you're running a large corporation, but that was the power of the voice. Maybe that's been part of my problem this whole time. You know, I, I told you before we started uh, going on the show here that my dogs are smarter than me. So it might be this whole uh, accent thing. Well, you know, what I discovered in that process was that was just their perception. Sure. That it really wasn't anything about their accent. It was about all the other little nuances that I would discover, like, could people connect to them? Were they talking at people? Were they foreshadowing what they didn't want? So really it didn't have anything to do with the accent, but it was that perception that created the problem. Right, I think another example of that too is, and I'm thinking of one person that I have known in my lifetime where they had the LA Valley girl kind of accent. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and they were one of the smartest people I knew. But That's when, right. But when they talked, people thought, oh, this person is not very bright. And I thought, man, you just don't know them, you know. And that's the that's the core of it right there. I'm so glad you told that story because we subconsciously 
determine who the people are based on the sound. And that sound, I know that sound well, that sound tells the listener's subconscious doubt, questioning, not so bright. And that most of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, that's the furthest from the truth. And then that girl might miss opportunities simply because of a sound that's being misinterpreted as something that it's not. Well, let me run this past you and see if you um, have had this same experience. You know, I've, I've coached people for 15, 20 years now and in, in a management position before that. Um, but we often discover new things or figure some uh, things out that we hadn't seen before, make new discoveries while we're coaching people. Because I can imagine there's people in the audience thinking that you went from that experience you had to starting to coach people, even though, you know, you didn't have very much experience. These people just started coming to you. But the truth is that you learn so much as you're coaching people, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that. well, that's, that's why I say this has been a 30-year process. Mm -hmm. I still learn something new. I'm still learning and evolving with every single person that I work with because we're all unique and different. So what do you think, um, uh, what, what do you think are some major reasons why leaders have messages that just don't seem to resonate with their people? There's a couple of big things. And of course, I, you know, I get really excited when you ask me questions like that and I have to, I don't want to go down a, any tangents. Well, that's okay. You can go on a tangent. That's okay. I've, I've tangents got, are okay. Here. They're fine. I've got a couple more that'll probably send you on one too. So. Oh, good. Okay. Well, there's two very specific things that might blow your mind that affect that outcome. First, and this is a big one, and this is the core of psychology of the voice. Are you foreshadowing something you don't want in your voice? because if their subconscious hears it, they're going to give you what you don't want. Example, a guy comes to me and he says, I can't get my team to do what I want them to do. And I say, or a specific person, I can't get them to do what I want them to do. Okay, how do you say it to them? They say it and I say immediately, you don't believe he can do it. That's right, I don't. He's hearing that and subconsciously he's going, well, he doesn't believe in me. I'm not going to do it. His expectations of me are low. So that's it. That's it. So you've just foreshadowed what you don't want. And so I'm going to give it to you. That's part of the problem. The second biggest problem that I would say is a lot of leaders are outcome driven. They're, you know, outcome driven. They are problem solvers. Those are incredible qualities. Those lead to success. But when you vocally, when you talk to your team and you're in the outcome and they're not, you've missed the connection point. Mm. Wow. So I can't really connect with you. So if I don't feel connected with you, eh, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. It's like a uh, gambling casino. Sometimes I hit, sometimes I don't. Right. Hmm. But right. but what you're saying is there's a psychology of the voice that you can achieve where you could hit more often. Oh, for sure. 
for sure. Like even connection, like I could, you know, accent, it doesn't matter. You know, none of that matters. What matters is, do you let me in from a vocal perspective? Do you talk to me like we've known each other our whole lives? Mm. Do I feel like you get me? Do I want to know more about you? Do I feel like you want to know more about me? All of that is really happening in the voice. And it comes from, I'm just going to be right here, right now, having this conversation. I can be outcome driven. I can be three steps ahead. That is going on in, in my peripheria, but right here, I'm with you. That makes people feel differently. This is fascinating. So I know you talk a lot about the real voice, like people need to find their real voice. How, what Describe that to me. How, how do you know or how do you help them find that? First of all, I, you know, there's a scientific piece to it. And, and the subconscious puts our voice in. That is what I found in our research, in my research, that the subconscious is actually calling the shots on how you use your voice. So we can look scientifically and I can say, oh, whoa, your sound is stuck. And, and I go back to that high voice. My sound got stuck. My subconscious said, oh, ooh, you've made them mad. Not good. Be nice. And so all of a sudden my sound got stuck here. This is very common for sound to get stuck. People don't even realize it. People don't even talk about this kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So first of all, if your sound is stuck, you're not talking in your real voice. That wasn't my real voice. That wasn't, that wasn't my real voice. Right. That's a big part of it. But then see the subconscious takes in the data out in the world. And, and here's another way that people don't reveal their real voice. And I get this daily. Well, Tracy, I've got to be professional. I can't, I've got to be professional. You've put up such a barrier with that professional that I don't even know who you are. And it's a trick of the subconscious because the subconscious is saying, well, if I can get this guy to think he's got to act professional, nobody will ever know who he is and we can keep him safe. When really the guy or the gal that comes and they're worried about sounding professional, there's no way I couldn't, I couldn't make them not professional. It's not who they are. It's a perception. It goes back to that perception thing that if I have a conversation with you, well, that's not professional. No, it's a hundred percent. Okay. I give a lot of permission slips to people to just let me know who you are. It reminds me when I hear from my clients, uh, or I have heard from clients over the years, I just can't get close to my people. I can't allow that to happen. You know, I, and, and what they're really saying is I'm going to put up a barrier so big, so tall and so thick that we're not going to connect at all. That's it. And, and the majority of it's, a lot of it's going down subconsciously. The subconscious puts up voice masks, which are barriers that keep people out. But we also have this pendulum thing that I see in voice. It's very right or wrong, black and white. I'm nice or I'm not. I'm professional or I'm not. You know, I, I can't express how I feel or I'm crying on the conference table. Nobody works in the middle. 
And, and yeah, there's those extremes. A big part of my work is let's get beyond the words and get into the feeling. And that just immediately flips people out because that pendulum swings and they think I'm going to have them being overdramatic and revealing all these things and crying. And no, there's a middle. And that middle is let's get rid of the barrier that's keeping everybody out, but you believe is keeping you safe. That's a whole mindset. I, I see it all the mm-hmm. time. People are in the either or mindset. I, I yeah. can I can be either this or I can be that. Well, actually, you can be yes and. <laughs> yeah, I, I, right? I'm yes and this, right? Yes, yes. So what are voice masks? I heard you mention that. What, mm-hmm. what What's voice masks? That to me is the most fascinating part of this work. People put things in place subconsciously people don't consciously do this for the most part they put something in place to get them what they believe will get them a result that keeps them from getting a result i'll give you an example needing to prove well if i prove to you how i know what i'm talking about then of course you're going to buy from me do you see how all of a sudden now i've put up something in my voice that is pushing you away Yes. So that's a mask. It could be people pleasing. Okay. Well, I don't really know what they want me to be. So I'm just, I'm just going to be like this. I'm just going to be vanilla because I don't want to rock the boat. I have had more people come and work with me, especially entrepreneurs that have lost money and it bottom lined down to a people pleasing mask. I don't want to upset anybody. So I'll just be neutral. Hmm. That cost you the job because they're over there thinking, man, I don't think she has enough passion for this job, this million dollar job. And, and she may be the most passionate person that ever lived, Right. but she's hiding behind a people pleasing mask. And it's a sound in her voice or his voice. And generally people don't even know that they're, that they're there. Words can be a mask. I've got to give you a lot of words. I've got to, I've got to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And then I'm going to use some more words to buffer and justify. I'm hiding behind a mask of words. Is that because I'm afraid to let you in? Cause it's a control thing or. Yes. Yes. Or maybe, maybe I believe that the, I have to have, get the words right. Or maybe I believe I can't get the words right. So. If I say a whole lot of words, there's a better chance that I'll get it right because I'm throwing everything at you. And I call that tentacles out. Mm. You know, it's we got masks, but then we also operate from this place of I'm going to let you decide who I get to be. Hmm. Or I'm not going to let you know anything at all. And so we've got masks that push is what I call them. You know, I'm going to shove a whole lot of words at you, or I'm going to get a tone with you, or I'm going to get loud with you, or I'm going to get fast with you. That repels. And then we've got masks that pull. But masks in general keep people out. Is this a gender neutral thing? Or do you, do women have more trouble? Or do men have more trouble? Or is it not specific? It It's not, it's, well, it's both. The, this, there are a lot of societal 
elements that play into how people use their voice. I have seen men with certain masks and the same masks in women and vice versa. There are some more specific to men or women than others. Like let's go back to the the woman you mentioned that has the lilt. Yeah. That is more common in women. It's I've heard men do it, but it's more common in women and it links to the implication of well you better be nice. Because if you're not nice, you're clearly the other thing. There we go back to that either or. And and women think, well, I don't want to be that, you know, so I'll just be nice. Mm. And then we maybe have a people-pleasing mask or something like that playing along. So let me ask your permission to make sure this is okay. So women can fall into that mask a little bit more. But really, I've, I've, it all goes back to the voice story. What was the thing you were told before you were five years old? Mm. That's what locked it in. Wow. Yeah. And we may not even be able to remember. That's right. Mm. That's right. And, and, you know, you don't really have to. It, it doesn't have to, you know, a lot of times people say, is this voice or is this psychology, Tracy? And I say it's both, but we don't have to do a deep dive and figure out where, what you were told and when you were told. It's the recognition of, oh, wait a minute. Maybe my second grade teacher, when she said, nobody wants to hear you, maybe that's not true anymore. The bottom line is the subconscious put the habit in place to protect us from something. The subconscious just didn't get the memo. We don't need it anymore. Hmm. Let me ask you this question. This is something that really bothers me. Okay. <laughs> and it could just be my own little pet peeve, but it seems like I've noticed it in the last five or 10 years or whatever. And it primarily happens with younger people. But what is this thing with not pronouncing T's? Do you know what I'm talking about? When I, I, yeah, when people so. when people say words like important and they don't oh. they don't do the T, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't I don't know what I I call me square but I don't understand that that whole thing. Well, over the years, so back in you know long time ago, I was literally classically trained voice, where you articulated and you. You know, you really, it was very different back then. Part of it is over time that got watered down. In fact, I remember one time years ago, even this was actually years ago when I was still putting books on tape and things like that, which I don't do anymore and haven't for years. But I went in and did my classic over articulation, not over articulation, but you could, you could hear my sounds. And they said, wow, that was great. Don't do that again. Mm. And it was because nobody could relate to it. So again, we go back to a societal implication of things morphed, things changed, tentacles out, let's be like them. They do it that way. That must be right. But I could look at it from the perspective of psychology of the voice and I could say, okay, it's really not about over-articulating. It's really about that sound is not being let out. Your 
your jaw is locked, so you're not really moving your jaw. Why aren't you moving your jaw? Then we have to start looking at core elements of worth. Yeah. Core elements of what do you think we're going to judge you about? And I believe that it, now I haven't researched this, but in this moment, thinking out loud, you look at social media, you look at the comparison, judgment, the fear of judgment, which I could talk about judgment and perspective to the voice is huge. Judgment is more than ever. We, you know, my generation, we didn't have to look at Instagram and see what the other guy was doing. The judgment was not as ramped up. So if I'm worried about judgment, what's the first thing I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, bring it down. Right. I'm not going to let you have my voice because if I let you have it, the chances are greater that you're going to judge me. I, I don't know. I guess my folks were just, I don't know if they were just concerned about the Southern accent and, and that sort of thing, but they were just open your mouth when you talk, mm -hmm. you know, they were like, open your mouth, enunciate, articulate, don't, don't cut off your gerunds, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't pronounce the ings, not the ends. Well, and I think that's so great. I think that's so great because as a result of that, your sound flows out to us. And that goes back to, we know who you are. Mm -hmm. We can connect, right? If I, if I don't give you my sound, everything all of a sudden just changed about how you feel about me, didn't it? Yeah, right. You know, you're like, okay, hold on a minute. <laughs> oh. Where's that girl that I was just talking to? Our conversation just took a dive, right? Right. But that's the power of these tiny little sounds. So while we're on this particular part of the, the interview and, and talking, what's vocal variety? Vocal variety, the way I approach it, there's five elements. And vocal variety is really, in a nutshell, revealing all the bits of you, all the elements of you. But vocal variety, I believe that there is pause, which is the most powerful, elongation, which shows degrees of emotion, shades of loud and quiet, shades of fast and slow, and then pitch play, which is high and low, which science has proven is where the trust is built. So when you think about when you're with the people that you're most comfortable with, all those elements come out. Now, they may not be the way I do it. You're going to, you know, there's a best version of you and a best version of me. We're not trying to turn you into me, but you pay attention to when you're talking with your spouse or your best friend or your parent, you're going to have more of that vocal variety. But then when we get thinking about the words or worried about judgment or being professional, all that falls flat. And if you don't have vocal variety, I don't really know how to feel. I don't really know whether I should, should I feel excited about this? Should I feel enraged about this? Should I feel frustrated? It is in those emotions that we connect. So if you don't give me any of that, well, I don't really know. It goes back to, I don't really know who you are. I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to feel. So you think about a leader and, and not revealing through vocal variety what they feel and what they want their people to feel. There's a deficit. Wow. Well, we're all, I mean, it's one of the, 
things that I talk to my clients about all the time is that we're all operating in unconscious confidence all the time, right? I mean, we, we think we know how to talk. Therefore, we just do it because, hey, well, I learned how to talk a long time ago, you know, when I was two or three years old. And so I just don't have to, I don't have to stay in self-awareness about that because I know how to do it. But it seems like to me that you have to achieve some uh, degree of self-awareness with your clients to get them to move from where they are today to a more helpful place where they can get rid of the voice masks and use the vocal variety. So how do you kind of walk them through that? Or what's, what's something you tell them to do so they don't slip back into their old habits? First, I, I like to really break the perception of what they're hung up on. And, you know, I could go back to the dialect thing. A lot of people will get locked into that or locked into I'm not interesting sounding or I can't keep people from tuning out. We have to really first look at that. Is that ultimately true? And when we look at that, is that ultimately true? Generally, it's not. So we start dispelling those stories that we're, that we're running unconsciously that we don't really even realize are calling such big shots because those things aren't true. They aren't true at all. We have to start there because the internal piece is the foundation. I can give you speak louder. I can give you all that all day long, mm -hmm. but if you've got a tape running in your head, I don't sound very smart or people don't really like to listen to me, that's going to continue to call the shots. And so we have to crack that driver immediately. And, and they're never true. They're stories that we, the subconscious tells us to keep us safe. So we do that. And then we take a look at getting in the now. That's a huge thing. And you're like, okay, what does that have anything to do with voice? No. That's the core issue that I start with people on. Get out of the future. Get out of the judgment. Get out of that thing that happened in 1987 when you spoke up in a meeting and, and somebody yelled at you. You've got to get in the now. That's the only place you have any power. Yeah, because we have control over the voice and it has such a wide range and you can do so many wonderful things with it. If you're not conscious of it, then you go back to those old um, habits, right? That's right. And, and so we ultimately want to rewrite the habit that sometimes people think is the hard part. I just think of it kind of like gym for the face. Mm -hmm. Do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. And you, you do it again. And, and you can literally flip these things in less than 30 days. It's consciously becoming aware of what you believed was true and discovering that it's not and redirecting that and then implementing the new habit. Well, um, respecting anonymity and confidentiality um, with your client, but tell me a client success story. Tell me a good, a good uh, big win that you've helped somebody get. I had a great one about a week ago. And I think that everybody will be able to relate to this. This is a, this is a, a business person. And this is, the, this is somebody that started with the, I've got to be professional and very focused on the outcome. 
an entrepreneur, but in the business world and very focused on, okay, this means this, this means that if I have this many sign up, this is the outcome. This is, and always driving to that outcome, worried about that outcome and being professional. And I worked with her and I, I got her, you know, there was a, there was at one point I said, I want, I'm going to just call her Judy, fun Judy, where's fun Judy. Mm. And fun Judy was this, who this person really was. It wasn't that extreme version of our fear of what we might show up as. She was delightful. She was fun. She was, she was still absolutely professional, but she brought fun Judy to it, uh, to a training immediately after the training, uh, uh, someone that was on the training called and said, I'd like to schedule a meeting with you to find out if you are exactly like you are in real life as you were on that training. And she said, okay, great. And she set the training and the woman, they met uh, via, you know, the zoom or whatever. And the woman said, I couldn't believe how real you were. And I knew I had to work with you because I'm just like you. And she said, I want to work with you, but I've got to pay you today. Can you take my money today? And it was literally simply because Judy showed up and was truly herself and somebody out there identified with that and said, you get me, here's my money. Oh, wow. Yeah. That makes me literally smile from ear to ear. Um, I know. Isn't that cool? That's wonderful. Good for you and good for fun, Judy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've been visiting with Tracy Goodwin. She's a voice coach and entrepreneur, and she also has her own podcast called Captivate the Room. And uh, we're going to find out how you can find out more about Tracy here in just a minute. Now, Tracy, we, we run people through a list of 12 rapid fire questions. Every guest I have on the show does this. And so I'm going to give these to you one at a time and you just give me whatever comes to mind. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Number one, what is the best memory that comes to mind for you? Having my son. What's his name? Jack. Wonderful. What's the number one hero in your life? Or who's the number one hero in your life? It was my dad. And his name? Billy Joe. What did Billy Joe do? Billy Joe ran the largest pipe fabricating company in the world. That's awesome. And he was, yeah, he was an amazing man. What's the top value you subscribe to? Honor your word. Who's the most important person in your life? My son. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? Chocolate. (laughs) <laughs> what's the what's the most beautiful place you've ever been to oh gosh that's a tough one most beautiful place probably ireland what's your favorite food chocolate <laughs> if you could describe success in one word what would the word be reach how do you want to be remembered for changing people's lives for the better If you could go back and talk to a young Tracy, what would be the advice you would give her? Just do you. Now, this is going to be a good one here. What's your favorite sound? Oh, my favorite sound is quiet. And what's the best lesson you've learned? Best lesson I've learned trust that everything is always working out. 
Boy, that's true. Tracy Goodwin, hey, tell everybody about your website and how to find out more about you and and uh, how to work with you and all that stuff. Sure. Best place to find me is over at CaptivateTheRoom.com. And you can find out all about my programs over there. Just look at the Work With Me tab. And I also have a podcast, like you mentioned, Captivate The Room. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook under Captivate The Room. So pretty easy to find me. Maybe I'll have you back again and you can coach me. Ooh, that would be fun. Right here in front of everybody. Ooh, <laughs> you I know, think you'd love it. You know coaches like to be coached, right? I know, that's right. Well, I'd love to have you back sometime. I learned a ton and I appreciate you ch- uh, taking the time and sharing all your expertise. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Tracy Goodwin, everybody. I'll have more on Better Than Before right after this. The three-row Subaru Ascent. Room for up to eight passengers. Standard EyeSight driver assist technology. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 27 miles per gallon. Coming from Kelly Blue Book's most trusted and best overall brand for 2020. The three-row Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. University Subaru. Homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards. And my best clients meet every 12 weeks for two days for strategic thinking and execution planning. And for many of my clients, this is the time of year where we're getting together and we're doing end of the year wrap up and we're thinking and planning about 2021. And so I've been going through some things that could be included in your annual planning session if you're doing that kind of thing or if you're working with me so get some ideas about what it would be like but the foundation of setting your strategy includes your talent which is vital in scaling up a great company as Jim Collins said in good to great it's having the right people on the bus now as we're looking at talent you can break this into four key sections in your company. Number one, the culture and the climate, which includes core values, core purpose, the mission, the vision. Um, the culture is your aspirational working environment. It's the way you want the work environment to be if it were your vision of perfection. And then the climate, which is the actual for real daily operating environment. And you're trying to close the gap between what the climate is and what your aspirational culture is to get them as close together as possible. Number two segment are the leaders. And I'm referring to, when I say the leaders, I mean the senior leadership team. Uh, It's a big company. It's a C-suite. 
the CEO's direct reports, or it could be the owner and their uh, two or three people that they work with, or the partnership group. Number three segment is the managers. Now here I'm talking about the middle management team that leads day-to-day execution of our 12-week plan or our annual plan. And then the fourth segment is the team. Talking about the team on the front lines, the people who are doing the day-to-day work who are reporting to the middle management. Now, these groups can differ a little bit. I'm just putting it together so you get an idea of what I'm talking about. Every company is a little bit different on how they're specifically structured and defined. But every company has some of these elements in place, right? Now, the most important objective where talent and culture is concerned is the leadership team. The, the people who are responsible for leading the effort every day, that's a healthy team and it's an aligned team. Because if your leadership team is healthy and aligned, you can build a great company. But if they're not healthy, and, and I don't mean physical health, I mean psychologically and working together type health, you can't build a great company that's going to endure through time and deliver the results you dream of as a leader. Now, it's important to note that since this is the single most critical element of a successful company, you need to be very candid and real with one another and potentially address any tough issues about the leadership team that you got maybe got going on or maybe have been uh, scabbed over in the past but never really got addressed or never really got uh, satisfied to, to everyone's satisfaction. You have to do this to be great. Organizational health and alignment have become increasingly important. I mean, they were always important, but now that we live in this COVID-19 type environment where everyone's so spread out and some people are working remotely and then we're social distancing and maybe we're not getting together and meeting as much as we're supposed to. I mean, it's critical that we have everything healthy and aligned and being able to understand how people are functioning in these kind of crazy environments we have today and how they're going to be making decisions because this gives you a way to effectively choose the best people for positions on your leadership team. An important point is how your team is functioning and how they're committed to the whole organization. Let's look at a real example of of one of my clients in the past, and I want to maintain confidentiality and anonymity, so I'll just say to you that the company was formed from three separate companies, and the leaders collaborated to create one combined company. Now, with three leaders from these three various companies, they had a fourth person that was kind of in charge of marketing. This made up the senior leadership team, and they needed to become aligned and to create an organization with one culture. So I, along with these leaders, decided to use our team assessment, and throughout these combined companies, we wanted to see how aligned they really were. And what we found out was there was a real lack of trust for leadership and not a lot of commitment to results. Because senior leadership was diffused, there were a lot of questions about who was going to be following, who was going to be leading, who was going to take the lead on this, and what this person's agenda was, and what that person's agenda was. They they weren't even sure what was important to focus on. They weren't sure what kind of results they were looking for. And there was also some fear about violating those concerns because the employees were not sure how their comments on our team assessment would be taken and how they'd be processed and thought about. 
So the CEO leader took it on as an alignment problem, and he implemented a monthly program using our tools with the senior leadership level and also with the mid-level managers to develop their trust and conflict skills. And not only did the communication get better, but one of the other leaders started a culture awareness campaign internally. Within a few months, the company was working as one and with a great culture. They started having a lot more oxygen in their culture and little carbon monoxide. So everyone was healthy and growing instead of what they had before where everyone was slowly dying. When leaders understand where alignment is missing in an organization, they're better able to put time and resources into leadership development. An informal way of assessing the health of an organization is to maybe ask the leaders to describe what a healthy organization would look like and how they would describe it in their organization. Or you could have some more formal tools like we provide to our clients. Remember, in order to maintain success and continue to scale your company in the right way and get growth and results, you have to be healthy and aligned in your leadership team, your talent, and in your culture. We are always standing by and ready to help you with any of those things here at Clear Vision Development Group. Well, that's our show today. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can sign up for my Monday morning memo. We'll put it right in your inbox. All you have to do is go to our website, fill out the form at clearvisiondevelopment.com. It's right on the front page. Just need your name and email address, and you're set to receive my big ideas, an article, and a key question for you every week, starting on Monday with the Monday morning memo. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 and you can follow our company at ClearVisionDEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and our chief producer, William Foster, we sure hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm your host, Tony Richards, and don't you dare forget, everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.